And now here to talk to us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt is one of the lead commentators at Fox Sports, the current broadcast holders of the Bundesliga in the United States and former St. Pauli man himself, Ian Joy. Ian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Finally, we made it happen. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, uh, pleasure is all ours. So, Ian, you've uh, you've just come back from um, a trip to the Germany where you saw the Bundesliga firsthand. Sadly, it did not exactly turn out all too well for the Eintracht. But <laughs> basing on, like, even if you want to take into the most recent result in the Europa League, what have you found? Uh, what have you been able to get from uh, the performance so far from Eintracht? Uh, that the what position that the club is in and where it is uh, for a uh, position for the rest of the season? Yeah, listen. For me, it's always difficult whenever you lose big players, and unfortunately, Eintracht, you know, making uh, some big changes, big decisions in the summer last year. It was always going to be difficult to be able to try to figure out what was the next step. They made some important signings to sort of spread out the income um, that they brought in from those transfer fees from Haller and Jovic and uh, decided to to go um, maybe a bit of a different route, bringing in uh, five or six different players instead of trying to replace with maybe one big signing that could potentially go ahead and score you 20, 25 goals. Um and whenever you have a new coach, it's always interesting as well, right? You have a coach who's going to need some time to be able to implement his own ideas, need some time to be able to gel his team together. And let's not forget, Eintracht is a very international team. So obviously bringing in players from different backgrounds and, and cultures and countries and trying to gel that together takes time. And I think what we're seeing right now with Eintracht, especially in the, the position they're in and the table, that... You know, you, you've recognized it hasn't always been easy, but when you watch them play, and especially recently, it's been easier to watch for you Eintracht fans, that it's so entertaining. It's so much fun. There is a, a real confidence in the ranks. Um, yes, of course, inconsistency, inconsistency can still creep in, but my oh my, this team, you know, for a number of years now, for me in particular, it's been so fun to watch. And regardless of the coaching changes, regardless of the transfers, their their way of playing, the style, the fashion, the fans, the club itself, how well they've uh, managed to to do business with the international um, ranks as well and on TV and bringing in international supporters, it's outstanding. And it is very much an international club. So for me, it's always fun and always a great time because you just don't know what you're going to get with Eintracht when you watch them play. And I can totally agree with that. Uh, the moody diva uh, never, <laughs> never, never goes away. To be sure, um, something that like I have seen from the Eintracht's uh, recruiting policy is specifically for this season. So yes, you're losing uh, Jovic, you're losing Alea, you're losing Rebic. Though uh, is he really gone with this uh, lo- loan that hasn't even uh, been fully activated? We will see. With the way that the Eintracht has kind of recruited uh, in players that have come in and players that they are looking to bring in or the future, do you see uh, this more uh, the Ati Hutter style that was seen first at Salzburg, where he you know kept the winny ways going, and then he went to Young Boys Bern? Uh, in mm-hmm. the Swiss league and finally was able to lead one of the real, you know, in, in that country's uh, 
one of their own top teams back to the top after kind of taking a few years to kind of develop his style. Is the Eintracht uh, recruiting and developing in a way that foreseeably uh, with a lot of things going their way, I sh- it should be noted, um, would the Eintracht possibly be able to uh, pip the Dortmunds, pip the Schalkes, pip the Leipzigs, pip even the Bayerns to mm-hmm. some silverware that comes in a dish form? <laughs> well... That's a big ask. It's a very, very big ask because the Bundesliga is very difficult. It's unpredictable um, outside of Bayern. You don't know what's going to happen with the Leipzig now. You don't know what's going to happen with the Dortmund. Um, and I put Eintracht in that ranks as well. I don't think they're too far away from a Dortmund or a Leipzig and certainly uh, given themselves an opportunity to compete. But consistency is key in the Bundesliga as far as I'm concerned. And whenever you you lose a, a head coach, let's say it is, a, of course, what's happened to you guys recently with Nico Kovac going to Bayern, you're fighting an uphill battle in the Bundesliga. To be able to keep those guys and be able to challenge at the top of the table, it's so important to not be a selling club. Um, and for Eintracht, unfortunately, they've they've done that. They've been selling a lot of their key players, big players. And maybe it's not down to uh, the club. Maybe it's down to the players choosing to to go for big salaries or big transfer fees to to even Premier League or to the big two in um, in Spain. Um, that's a player's choice. But at the same time, you know, players want to win. Players want to compete. Excuse my dog there as my children come home. Players want to compete. Players want to be able to challenge at the top of the table every given time they get a chance to. And if Eintracht Frankfurt can create some sort of an environment where they are competing at the top table, and especially for Champions League spots year in and year out, there's a great possibility that they can keep the best players at the club for the longevity. And that's the only way you're ever going to be able to challenge for a title year in and year out. Uh, Teams in Germany, and I'm sure you've seen my frustration over the years on Fox with the coverage, teams in Germany recognize that Bayern is the king and they sell their best players for big transfer fees. And until that stops, until clubs decide to say, we are not going to do this anymore and we don't have to because, of course, revenues from television is getting bigger, transfer fees are getting bigger. Um, They're going to have to accept the fact that they won't be challenging, but it will change. And I'm starting to see that more and more, even in the five years that Fox has had the Bundesliga. You know, teams are starting to recognize they need to keep their best players. They need to be able to sign the best players. And for a club like Eintracht, when you're trying to break an international market, you have to have marketable players who are recognizable to your club. And to do that, you have to keep the best players, make them superstars, and give them the platform to be able to go out and produce their talent. Because that's what everybody watches soccer for, to see the best players play and to see their team challenging for a title. And I don't think that Eintracht are too far away from that. I love everything they do around the game. Business-wise, absolute top class. What they do is phenomenal. Scouting, top class. Media, top class. I love what they're doing as far as the last couple of coaches with Niko Kovac and now Ari Huta. Very, very impressive. And the players themselves, they're getting better and better. So I don't think you're too far away from seeing a competitive Eintracht team that will potentially challenge at the top of the table for Champions League spot year in and year out and a title. Now, if uh, we can only have Philip Kostic put in a few more of those close chances, maybe the Eintracht will be a few <laughs> spots higher in the table. Uh, 
frustration here and <laughs> never ends when it does come to this amazing, amazing player. But then again, you know, uh, Daichi Kamada can just pump the goals in instead. <laughs> uh, the Arsenal legend that he is, uh, people will get the joke uh, on that one. But Ian, something that has kind of entertained um, most iTrek fans has been the fact that they've been able to go up against your Bayerns and be able to pump the goals in. They've been able to go away to uh, to Dortmund, sadly, kind of uh, taking on the gym, but then turn around the very next week um, with the kind of inconsistency that has happened. Um, this is something that I see with other teams within the Bundesliga, especially when they get up against some of the bigger teams. They kind of let the pedal off. This is more of a general Bundesliga question, I guess you could say. Uh, when yeah. your Mainz's, when your Darmstadt's, when your Cones, when your Dusseldorf's go up against some of the more established upper echelon teams, do you see that sometimes the teams are like, you know what, I'm probably not going to get anything out of this, so we're just going to just kind of uh, get by, take what we can, and just move on and focus on the next matches. Is that maybe a contributing factor to the domination that has existed by Bayern and Dortmund in terms of like locking in those top spots uh, within the Bundesliga, which then opens up uh, Champions League money as well? Um, is that something that has contributed to the continued six? success of these clubs as opposed to you know just go for it and just letting the cards fall as they may as a Paderborn has currently gotten an equalizer in Munich to let mm -hmm. keep it level at halftime in their own match yeah listen I think that the big thing for me with the Bundesliga and, and, and this is for for football in general there's too many games there's far too much competitions out there for these players and, and it's not just their club games it's also international games Players are sometimes asked to play 60, 70, 80 plus games a year, which is ridiculous. You know, there's no way that players can keep up a high performance week in and week out with the intensity, with the energy, with the speed, the tempo of the game. It's almost impossible. I mean, of course, you know, it's a different game compared to when I played uh, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, where, where you were expected to just shut up and get on with it. Now these players are treated like science projects. They're expected to give 110% absolutely every single game that they're asked to go out there and play and perform on. And they're built. They are basically um, robots now. They're, they're, they're given nutrition. They're given training. They're given uh, sleep patterns. They're given heart monitors. They're giving absolutely everything down to when they can make love to their wife. That's how science is right now. This is the truth. These players are, are treated like objects now. And, and basically, it's all down to performance, trying to get the best out of their players. No longer do you see training sessions where they're exactly the same week in and week out. The training sessions are now individually built because everybody is different. And players are all different. Some players need harder work than others. Some players need more rest. Some players need more sleep. Um, some players need to eat differently. Uh, and that's what we're seeing uh, for me in the international game right now is that the players are, are being treated as objects and they're expected to bring the best performance they can. But when you don't have, um, guess, the finances or you don't have squads that are deep enough to be able to compete with the best of the best in the Bundesliga or in the top five European leagues or even on the international ranks, you're going to be forced to play your best players week in and week out. And 
they can't perform like that week in and week out. And that's why you see, of course, games going from Friday night to Saturday, Sunday or Wednesday, you know, the English week where players are asked to play three games in the space of seven days. It's it's impossible. And I think the performance suffers because of that. And in the end, supporters suffer too because your team will be inconsistent. So it's happened to every team in the Bundesliga this season, Bayern included, where they have struggled with consistency and uh, trying to get things right, but also trying to mix the right um, amount of games for for players. And the only team that I'm seeing across the top five European leagues doing it well right now is Liverpool because they're playing the, pretty much the same 11 or, or 12, 13 players week in and week out. And because they are touch with not having many injuries, um, those players are managing to do it. And it seems to me like the fixtures are starting to cram up on them even more so. So no surprise to me to see uh, a Jurgen Klopp taking a different approach, resting players in an FA Cup competition that he just doesn't feel important as the Champions League or Bundesliga. And until Bundesliga teams start to do that too and, and take a priority over the the, the uh, German League or the DFB Pokal, I mean, let's consider Eintracht's position right now. If you look at their next three games, it's three different <laughs> next four games, three different competitions. I mean, that's just incredible. And now you're coming down to the business part of the season where realistically your players need to be at their very best. Eintracht are lucky. They've got a talented squad of young players who are looking forward to playing week in and week out. And from what I'm seeing, you can take one or two players out of that team and not really miss a beat. So they might be going into the business end of the season in fine form. But across the league, for me personally, there's far too many games. Of course, we love it as supporters and, and as viewers of the game. We want to watch more and more and more. We can't get enough of it. But for players, you have to expect that they can't give their best every single game. That being said, um, a talking point that was brought up on your guys' broadcast in regards mm-hmm. to Americans playing in Germany. Now, Eintracht's own Timmy Chandler has been exceptional, but uh, let's let's be fair uh he's kind of has not been in the program's eyes for a long time um but Mm -hmm. a lot of americans have really started making their marks including another youngster at dortmund (sighs) geo reyna i mean there's Mm -hmm. you got sergeant at Werder bremen you have reyna at dortmund chandler at eintracht uh, you still have Fabian, Fabian Johnson, who's at Munchen Gombeck. There's still plenty of American talent that is within the Bundesliga and who are getting the opportunities. Um, is the Bundesliga the best place for these guys to be proving themselves? And will this trend be able to continue? Because there's been a lot of players who are uh, seen as the bright stars of the national team who are in the Bundesliga, uh, including your Weston McKinney's and mm-hmm. Tony and uh, Tony Adams. And uh, I'm just kind of wondering what you think is the best way for the national team to kind of improve. Is it sending guys the Bundesliga round? Uh, are we neglecting possibly uh, Serie A? Because I really don't think that, the, it, to be fair, I really don't think that the the... English league is well tuned to be able to bring out the best in young emerging talent. Yeah, I think it's a great question and it could be a long discussion. I mean, we really could make a podcast on this itself because 
there's no right and there's no wrong. It's down to the player. Let's take Gio Reyna, for example. You brought up his name. He was under the academy ranks at New York City Football Club, and he decided to go to Borussia Dortmund. He's now playing for Borussia Dortmund's first team, um, setting up goals in a Champions League. That is a dream for any player. Any player in the world, I don't care what you say, what anybody says, the Champions League is the elite of the elite. It is the highest level of club competition you will ever find. And if the player has an opportunity to go ahead and play at that level, whether it be a sniff of coming off a bench or even being involved with a club in their academy ranks that are playing, I was in that same position. I went to Germany, to Hamburg, and they were in the Champions League at the time. And trying to get around and close to the starting eleven was almost impossible because the talent level was so high. But they gave you a chance. You, If you were good enough, you'd get your opportunity and you had to be able to snap it up. You may only get one. But for American kids right now, Major League Soccer is growing. Um, I think we're not far away from seeing, and we already have seen, um, certain clubs, um, particular out of the Bundesliga, doing partnerships and, and um, deals with Major League Soccer teams where they can uh, loan players, where they can uh, do a friendly fan partnership, or whether it be um, you know friendly games, things like that. Um, Major League Soccer is, for me, a great platform for young players to learn in the professional game. Because younger players right now in the European game get their opportunity at 15, 16, 17-year-old compared to here in the United States where it's 17, 18, 19-year-olds, where at times in Europe, 17, 18, 19 is too late for your development. So it's up to the player. It's up to the player to choose where he wants to play his football. What is the end game? Where do you want to be in five to 10 years' time? Um, And what is your best platform or route to get there? The Bundesliga is phenomenal. And I love the model. Um, they have obviously some terrific logos, you know, football as it's meant to be and the league where they develop the superstars. And I'm not sure if you heard Lars Ricken's comments this week about Erling Haaland, even though he's not an academy product from them. He's claiming that, you know, they are the club to, to produce superstars and he's not wrong. Dortmund are one great example, as are your own club, Eintracht Frankfurt. They are phenomenal for scouting young players, even giving players opportunity from the academy, but more so recently, giving young, talented players opportunities who are doing well in their domestic leagues all over Europe or South America, wherever it may be, even Mexico. You all have a, a platform there where you're giving young kids a chance to play. And you know it's phenomenal to me to, to see a scouting system as good as the Bundesliga has from the majority of the clubs, and I would say, if not majority, almost uh, all of them. It's phenomenal. And and if you're a player right now growing up in uh, somewhere in Chicago or in the Midwest where you are, you got young players who are dreaming about playing the professional game. And majority of the time, they're dreaming about playing the European game. They're dreaming about playing in the Champions League. And why not dream? It's just about them to decide how to get there. What is your platform? What is your journey? Major League Soccer has done an amazing job to create a platform for young players to enjoy and get an opportunity to, to get to showcase their talent. Um, and Major League Soccer is also not frightened to sell the best players. So um, I think it's getting better and better domestically for, for MLS. But for me, as far as the best league in the world, nowhere near as Serie A, close to the Bundesliga or even La Liga. La Liga is good. It's close. But it's not anywhere near what the Bundesliga does for young talent. I can totally agree with that. And to any uh, uh, young kid who is currently uh, listening to this podcast, I would also say don't don't half-ass your foreign language uh, classes in high school because, trust me, 
that can be that can at least assist in the uh, your travels should you ever decide to cross that Atlantic uh, to try yourself wherever you will be. So take your foreign language courses very seriously because, uh, and uh, I can say this uh, from one point: if you want to go to England, remember uh, it's, it's a it's a one one language separa- separated by uh, two continents. So you know. I'll give you a great story. I went to Hamburg and we had a fantastic coach there. His name was Thomas Dahl, famous German player, played for um, multiple teams in uh, in Bundesliga, but also played in in Italy when it was the the place to be for Lazio or Rome. Superb guy. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Very, very gifted coach. He coached at Hamburg. He coached in Dortmund recently over the last 10 years or 12 years, whatever. Um, But he was my coach at the under-23 team at Hamburg and he brought me in and uh, the the kids all spoke great English it was phenomenal I didn't have to even learn German it was speaking English week in and week out the coach did not speak a word of English he spoke only German now he, (laughs) he does speak English but he only spoke German back then and when we were winning it was fantastic he treated me well um everything was good but when we started to lose games pretty quickly he got really peed off with me that he couldn't <laughs> communicate he couldn't shout at me i had no idea what he was saying the guys then started to speak only in german like losing games made it very difficult and then he pulled me out of practice no more practices for me and sent me to german school for uh, four weeks and i went four hours every single day until i could speak it fluently and that it took me four weeks to to pick it up there you go see uh Crazy. It- it's it's the way we put it together. That's all that matters, right? Cool. <laughs> uh, one thing I'd like to kind of hint at just a little bit. You kind of talked about playing with Hamburger Sport Verein, but you have this deep affinity for the the next club you went to. I mean, yeah. when they do point out when you are in studio, a certain mm-hmm. uh, coffee mug with a skull and crossbones <laughs> is not uh, too far away from your grasp. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the relationship with St. Pauli? And one question that is Heche Joey wanted to ask uh, you specifically was in regards to your time at St. Pauli, what did you enjoy, appreciate most about wearing uh, the skull and crossbones that represents the St. Pauli shirt? Yeah, great question. And uh, one of the reasons why I've been talking about Hamburg was because it was obviously my first step into Germany and I have fond memories of the coaching and, and it would give me a platform to, to be recognized. Um, but another story that I don't think I've ever really put out there, um, when I was playing for Hamburg's under-23 team, they would play on a Sunday and St. Pauli would play on a Friday night. They were in the third division at the time and... I used to go to watch St. Pauli every Friday night. I'd put my hat on, I'd hide my identity, and I would go to watch (laughs) St. Pauli. The first game I went, I took my father, and I could not believe what was going on. Um, I actually went on trial to St. Pauli before I signed for Hamburg as well, so I knew a bit about the club. But I fell in love with the club, and and that was even as a Hamburg player, I was absolutely in love with what St. Pauli stood for. 
I was in love with the attendance, how many people turned up to the game. The old school stadium, the Millentor, was phenomenal. Now it's unrecognizable. It's it's full of lounges and and obviously it's a different feel and different environment. But back then it was just it was it was so. Well, the hipsters eventually crazy. had to make some. The hipsters eventually became financially successful and wanted to reinvest in the club, right? Is yeah, the well, train still around though. Uh, I got to know that. Is the what? Sorry. Is the the I heard rumor that they have uh, a train that kind of that uh, someone will bring around that has all the sausages available for people <laughs> people to buy off of. Is that still there? I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know, but. I can tell you there is a, a lot of things that goes on around that club that is just unthinkable, undescribable until you actually live it. And if nobody's ever been to a St. Pauli game, it is 110% something you have to do. I fell in love with the club and, and I wanted to play there. It was, it was I made it clear to my agent that this is the club for me. It was what I wanted. More than money, more than opportunity, I wanted to play for this club. And uh, we did everything we could. Um, but fortunately for me, they were already interested. So it was just a matter of time before we could do the deal um, and then when I turned 23 uh, I signed for St. Pauli and I was so grateful for their opportunity that they gave me and I was just very very fortunate to play in a very talented team at the right time. We had success, we uh, went to the semi-final of the German Cup, we won the, the Regionalliga, the third division, up to the second division uh, and it was just a great memory, great timing for me personally in my career. Um, unfortunately in no way, and I should never have left the club. It just um, it was a personal decision to leave to to potentially try and keep my marriage together, which didn't happen. But it was um, it was one of those moments where three years at that club is has become a lifetime for me because I've lived, I've breathed, and I still do FC St. Pauli. It's it's a club that stands for the right things as far as I'm concerned on and off the field. Um, I'd like to see them do better on the field, of course, because I feel like the team deserves to be in the top flight to give these wonderful supporters around the world a platform where they can voice who they are and what this club is. So for me, for the club, they need to be in the top flight and everything that's built right now around the club, business-wise structure, has been done to perfection up to this point. Now it's to take it to the next level. And um, if you are, don't care what club you support in Germany, your second club should always be St. Pauli. And if you're around the world looking to support a German club, um, certainly going to a, a match at St. Pauli might swing it in your favor or my favor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things going to a next level, Fox took uh, the Bundesliga broadcast from Gold TV and did a lot with it, uh, showing matches on FS1, FS2, and Fox Soccer Channel all at the same time for your early Saturday, Saturday slate which allowed a lot of people to see the Bundesliga really for the first time because it was always second fiddle on gold tv when gold tv still had la liga and now is transitioning over to a new platform they're going to be broadcasted by espn through their mm -hmm. streaming service espn plus joining already the seria on in that same platform what have you seen in terms of the the fan culture kind of growth that uh, that exists in Germany but has been able to grow in the United States? Because there are groups in my own Kansas City where you will have you know anywhere between 
15 and 30 persons attend per match day and you know mm-hmm. not caring that you're having to get up that early uh but joining with fellow bundesliga fans regardless of whether they choose for, for Werder Bremen, HSV, FC Bayern or even my own Eintracht what mm-hmm. have you seen in terms of growth from the bundesliga and what do you hope that can be accomplished going forward well when i first moved to to the united states or back to the united states um I recognized that it, the Bundesliga wasn't on the same level as other leagues and I recognized it wasn't as accessible and it wasn't um, easy to be able to watch live games in particular for for supporters who um, are outside of the big two. Um, and that big two basically being uh, obviously Bayern and Dortmund. Um, so I recognized there was, uh, there was room for improvement and when Goal TV lost the rights to Fox, um, it was a no-brainer for me to recognize that the Bundesliga needed to put it on a platform that could be watched in the United States because it's such a big market. And really, they've done an excellent job getting it to Fox. Fox did a tremendous job on it. I am just, again, lucky to be at the right time, right place to to be selected to be a part of this coverage. And when it first started, I mean, you remember the days of Eric Winalda, Jovan Karofsky, we had Thomas Hitzelsberger. <laughs> you know, we had some legends that played in the Bundesliga that loved, lived and breathed the Bundesliga. Now it's a little different as we prepare to lose the rights. We've lost some incredible talent, but but also um, we're seeing, uh, of course, Alexi and, and Warren Barton and uh, Stu Holden coming into the studio. But those guys still love the league as well. Alexi Lalas texts me every single match day about games he is watching he is now a fan and um never thought i'd ever say that but this is um this is a league that will will absolutely suck you in and it was so important for the bundesliga to get it onto a platform where people could just simply see it and at fox and this is no disrespect to what Go tv did for the bundesliga because i didn't really watch it that much when it was on Go tv i don't really know how much quality was there but it wasn't as accessible as what fox has made it it's been outstanding. It's been great for the Bundesliga. It's been great for Fox Sports. Um, and, and of course, now the decision from the league to, to move it away from Fox Sports was an interesting one. Um, and ESPN are very hungry. They are soccer driven. Um, they have done tremendous job on soccer properties before. Um, I, I am not obviously familiar with the um, uh, online and the OTT system as as much as most people who are uh, recently in the game and, and media. Um, I'm used to, to working on network broadcasts. Um, so it'll be an interesting change for me. And I've had many a conversation with the Bundesliga about what's next. And um, I'm intrigued to see how it works out. But we also have to develop as fans and as a culture and be able to accept change is going to happen. And the league absolutely wants to develop. They want to get better. They want to be stronger. And they want to continue to entice supporters to to watch the Bundesliga. And the only way to do that is to provide content online, on TV, um, social media, wherever it may be. I don't think that we could put Bundesliga... Um, in front of people's faces enough. So I'm expecting more and more content around what ESPN will be doing. Um, I'm expecting the Bundesliga to play a big role in that as well. And, you know, as long as the Bundesliga is uh, willing to have me, I will forever do my best to make sure that the league is growing in this country. Indeed. And we wish nothing more than for you to be a part of ESPN's coverage <laughs> of the Bundesliga because, let's face it, 
you have been to us the face of the Bundesliga coverage within Fox, and they would be stupid if they didn't want you to be leading the for leading into the foray of the soccer uh, media landscape for ESPN in their Bundesliga coverage. And uh, we wish you nothing but a success there and hope that the ESPN guys have got a brain in their skull that thinks, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. The guy, the guy has broadcasted <laughs> it. The guy has played it. The guy eats, sleeps, breathes it, and, is, and has all the right connections as well. I mean, shoot, you're already in the New York area on the occasional <laughs> basis covering a certain other prominent uh, team uh, in Major League Soccer. So yep. why not bring you into the fold full time? So yeah, you just have to. You might have to leave. You might have to consider: Do I want to tra- uh, be fun all of the time, or <laughs> go to New York? We really hope that uh, the Bundesliga and ESPN both come to the conclusion that we need two Scottish-sounding voices. Derek Ray is not enough. We need Ian Joy as well. Well, thank you for that. Of course. Um, you know, for me, it's always interesting when uh, networks lose rights and um, you always have to be prepared for that. And especially when you're as close to a product as, as I have been with the Bundesliga. Um, but fortunately for me, you know, I've been working on many different products around the Bundesliga, even though that has been my main stage. Um, and I have a lot of good opportunity. Um, I, of course, recently broke news and uh, on my social media platforms that I, uh, I would not be... Um, in Los Angeles after this Bundesliga season, I am moving to New York um, and it is work-related. So um, we never know what quite comes next. There's nothing sorted out. I haven't agreed any deal to, to any network yet, but I'm, um, I'm open to all options and I'm excited uh, for what is coming. Um, but like I said to you earlier, as long as the Bundesliga um, is, is continuing to develop and wants to grow in this country, I'll always offer my help to make sure that it does and make sure it can entice more supporters, more viewers, and, and make sure the content is always great for supporters to enjoy. And also, hey, the guy happens to be great with working with the camera. Just see the uh, certain, a couple of social media accounts as a New York City FC uh, guys who I think are going to be moving on the CONCACAF Champions League, which is, and mm-hmm. I could go on and on about the, their performance just the other night uh, yeah. in regards to that, but I will keep it to just a few final questions to Ian. But one of the m- most pertinent questions I hinted that, you know, the Scottish connection is there. Uh, the mo- To me, one of the most important questions that I wanted to ask you today is who has the best single malt whiskey that there is available? <laughs> that's a good question very good question i've only got uh, four or five in my cabinet right now i could go through them all uh all space side uh whiskeys that's all the hints that i am going to uh lend out there but i i need i need another man's opinion because uh ask a few scots and they all come back with very different opinions <laughs> well the only two that i drink are glamorangi and um, Bell's whiskey is the only two that I like. I'm not a huge whiskey drinker. If you were to ask my mother this question, I'm sure she should give you a, a three-page essay on what whiskey to drink. But uh, for me, the two are Glamorangi and uh, Bell's. That's the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ian, as you, you family man uh, such as yourself, uh, can't keep you away from uh, the wee barons and the pup too much longer. So... The Bundes- where the Bundesliga is, we had a wonderful week uh, for their European exploits as all uh, five, uh, 
as all the Bundesliga teams who were playing in European matches in Europa League and Champions League, minus Bayern, were able to win. Bayern doesn't play until next week. Um, can, a, can a Bundesliga club win the Europa League? And do you see any uh, Bundesliga club getting through in the Champions League? What a great question. And, and what a great situation for the clubs to be in. You are right. It was five teams that actually played this week in Europe and all five teams did win. Um, it, it makes a big difference, 12 months. And what happened last season, everybody was down on the Bundesliga teams. They were out pretty early in the knockout stages as well. And this season, it doesn't seem Minus to be Minus one team. Minus one team. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I agree. But there's... Um, it was everybody was sort of frowning at that, you know, and and Eintracht led the way last year not only with what they did on the field, what they did off the field, the supporters, the following, the travel. I mean, they made noise, you know, and 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 back in the day, it was sort of frowned upon Eintracht as well with their supporters. They had a, a reputation of you know being aggressive supporters and and ultra crazy, um, but realistically, now we're starting to see what the true Eintracht fan support is all about. It's phenomenal to me to see this travelling support be so loud, so proud of their club. I've managed to meet so many Eintracht fans over the last uh, years, especially since working at Fox and, of course, with my time there, that have impressed me for their love for the club. Um, recently spent some time in Frankfurt as well, um, which for me, the first time not being a soccer player, being in Frankfurt was great because I got to see the city and, and, and spend some time there. I've developed a relationship also with their social media side of things and, and met Freddie Bobic recently as well which was a great experience for me having loved him as a player but now um, admiring what he's doing off the field um, this is a great club and the supporters are, are key to that what they have done is, is made Eintracht Frankfurt more attractive to players um, they've made it more attractive to supporters around the world who don't have a Bundesliga club to potentially support them and um, now you know, it's just admirable what they've done uh, business-wise, bringing an office to the U.S. But to your original question, there's no doubt that um, that Eintracht can do well in uh, Europa again. Champions League's a different story. Um, it's a bigger animal, I think, as far as like Bayern are concerned. Um, there's uh, a number of teams, um, especially from England, who I would worry about. Um, the Spanish teams as well. Um, anything could happen. It, it, it could be absolutely interesting to see how the Bundesliga teams do in uh, the second legs of competition uh, coming up. Because I would love, I would absolutely love if every single one of them made it through um, to the next stage of the knockout rounds in both competitions. And if we could see a German team in the final of either competition, it would make me very, very happy indeed. I love the Europa League. I've always loved it. I love the Champions League. It's the greatest competition in the world as far as I'm concerned um, for club teams. And... Uh, I really would love it nothing more than to see a German team win it. Would love it as well. Ian, final question before we release you to uh, father uh, the responsibilities, return back to the responsibilities, <laughs> excuse me, of fatherhood. Uh, I guess I'm only got the dog dad life uh, at present to concern <laughs> me, as you can hear in the background. Uh, kids getting back from school. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> On the, in the neighborhood. But uh, for me, the Bundesliga has never been so competitive these last two seasons. I will give you the top five in the table because these are only five clubs you could possibly, in my eye, win the Meisterschale. Uh, we, as I drive friends, are a little too far gone. Uh, 
Uh, Bayern, 40, uh, 46 points. Uh, pending a certain result today against Paderborn. Paderborn will not go away lightly or quietly. Uh, Leipzig, 45-42 for Dortmund and Gladbach. Who Gladbach have a match in hand. This is Cone and our only participating in the Bundesliga. Knocked out of mm-hmm. Europa League and David Polkow. And outsiders, in my opinion, Leverkusen. Um... I think I know where this is going, but I gotta ask who you got winning the uh, lifting the Meisterschale after match day thirty-four. Well, at the beginning of the season, I said Borussia Dortmund would win it, and I'm not going to change that. I still think Borussia Dortmund will win it. Um, I think Bayern Munich are are suspect to um, a, a two or three poor performances between now and the end of the season. Obviously, still competing in. Um, in the Champions League as well, which is uh, obviously going to grab their attention. They've got, a, obviously, a, a big game coming up against Chelsea, um, but also the DFB-Pokal game against Schalke. So Bayern's attention might not necessarily just be on the Bundesliga. And I, I don't know if they can consistently keep it up between now and the end of the season. They're the favourite, no doubt about it. They're absolutely the favourite. But for me, what I'm watching from Borussia Dortmund and this signing of Erling Haaland has made them an absolute contender to go ahead and win it. Leipzig are great. They're a fun team. I think they're too inconsistent and I think they'll lose their way. Um, Champions League has been uh, obviously a, a successful run for them so far. Um, great result again in uh, midweek. But um, I don't see Leverkusen uh, putting himself there, even though I think they could potentially finish in the top four. Gladbach uh, sort of wasted their chance with inconsistency after the Christmas break. Um, so they've sort of thrown away their opportunity. So I only see it being Leipzig, Dortmund and Bayern fighting it out. I hope it comes down to the last game day, the last match day. Um, because I plan on being in Germany for the last match day. Um, I I really think you're going to be broadcasting be... live from a uh, pitch side for Fox. Yeah, well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> We've got plans. We want to finish strong at Fox and with the Bundesliga rights, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'd love to see. Um, I'd love to see Dortmund win it. I just think they're the most entertaining team um, right now, offensively, that I've I've watched outside of maybe a Liverpool right now in the top five European leagues. They're just fun to watch. And defensively, there are shambles, which might cost them the title. But if they can sort their defence out, Erling Haaland has given them a big chance to win it. So I'm going to stick by that. I'm going to say that Dortmund win it. All righty. Uh, well, hey, they still have uh, the, the Classico, which will be at the Westfalen Stadion. So one can yep. only point towards that. But I still think that, actually, if there's going to be a title deciding match and I'm still yeah in the in a certain Leipzig camp I still think that Leipzig Dortmund um I guess that's the second to last match day I think that actually will yes. probably be more of a title deciding match than uh any match that we are going to have in this rook runda Ian, you've been very gracious uh, gracious with your time where can our uh, listeners find you in the social media landscape of the world yeah um very simple um at joy paul ian which is my name spelled backwards joy paul ian and that's available on instagram you can see some uh, good footage of me traveling around doing my work for fox uh, with the bundesliga in germany also with the nycfc and major league soccer i'm doing a lot of things right now and keeping myself incredibly active uh, between now and the end of the season is going to get a little crazy so follow on instagram twitter or uh, my facebook account all under at joy paul ian 
And of course, anyone who also wants to follow anything that the uh, Los Angeles Chargers get up to, follow this man as well. Probably the biggest fan I have ever had the chance of speaking to of Philip Rivers. Uh, just saying. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us, Ian, and all the best. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks again. All right. Hey, I'm